we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. It was all started by a match. Oh boy, here we go! Are you kidding me? Out of the gates, this is not happening! By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig! Pumba, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining me once again. This is your Magical Conversation and Podcast Forum coming out every Thursday and or Friday, somewhere in there, the end of the week, setting you up for your weekend with a little bit of magic for you. We're going to talk Disney World, we're going to talk Disneyland, and of course we're going to talk Disneyland Paris. That's right, we're going to jump into Paris in a few minutes. We've got a great guest coming on, a good, sweet friend of mine is going to be on the show, and she's going to give us her rundown of Disneyland Paris, and I'm really excited about that, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. Got a little bit of news here for you, so let's go ahead and jump into the news and get this party started. Well, howdy, folks. Let's gather around. Here's some Disney news from around these parts and around the world. So right off the bat, Disney dropped a bomb on everybody a couple of days ago. They decided they were going to tell everybody that strollers and ECVs, scooters, things like that, mobility devices, wheelchairs, whatever, had to be picked up from the guest directly. Now what I mean by that is beforehand, before all of this happened, I guess prior to like Sunday or Monday uh, of last week, if you rented a stroller from say Kingdom Strollers or Orlando Stroller Rental or Magic Strollers or you rented a scooter from Lake Buena Vista Scooters or Apple Scooters, these are vendors that I know about. And they're all great companies. I've read up on all of them. Uh, I'd use Kingdom Strollers myself for our family, but overall, they're all great companies. Everything I've heard has been great. They would deliver at your your requested time, let's just say 10 or 11 a.m. They deliver to the resort at the Bell Services. You fly in that morning. You get to the resort 10, 11, 12. You go by Bell Services and pick up your stroller. At the end of your week, at the end of your trip, you drop the stroller off, and at a point in time, they will come pick up your stroller from you. You never have to see the company. You just know you paid the money for the, for the rental. So be it. Well, now Disney is saying that you must meet the guest face-to-face. You must meet the vendor face-to-face, which means you have to coordinate your time to be down there to meet the vendor. Now, for the most part, this is inconvenient, but it can happen. But there are some places that might really, really struggle to uh, to return that, especially if you're flying out really, really early or things like that. I know Kingdom Strollers, and I, I mentioned Kingdom uh, several times because I know about Kingdom. I know their policies now. Uh, they're actually working on having something where they deliver four, five, six times a day, even ten times a day, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And they're working on you know pickups and things like that. Well, Disney has also announced this morning that Scooter Bug is going to be the official stroller rental partner of Walt Disney World and Disney Springs. They've already announced a couple of days ago that Scooterbug will be the official scooter rental, ECV, wheelchair rentals, things like that. Um, Now, if you want to rent a regular stroller at the parks, they're $15 a day or $13 per day for length of stay. Let's just say that you were going to be there four or five days. You could go ahead and rent out four or five days at $13 each. Double strollers, 31 days daily or multi-day, $27 as well. So you can prepay the number of days and, and, and whatever. Now, the thing about Disney strollers in the parks and stuff is they're kind of hard plastic, and a lot of families don't care about that. They're fine. They just need it for something to be their kids to stay in, and that's great. We've never really liked them very much. We always get uh, we always get strollers off-site and have them delivered, which is really, really nice. 
Now, by all accounts, Scooterbug is a great company. I haven't heard anything bad about them either. I've just never personally used them. However, when you decide to rent a, a stroller or a scooter or an ECV or wheelchairs, things like that, Scooterbug is the company that will be a partner with Disney, and they will deliver directly to the resort, and you can pick up at any time, much like everybody else could do as of last week, but now, but now, not now. So do your research on that. If you decide to rent a stroller, I'm happy to help you with that, by the way. I do stroller rentals as well through Kingdom and through other places. We'll be happy to chat about that. I'll be happy to help you out with your stroller rental as a part of Magic on a Dollar Concierge Service. Get it? Concierge, concierge, Mickey Mouse ears. Got it? Perfect. Epcot Forever debuted last night, October 1st, for the very first time. It's this grand uh, fireworks spectacular, basically, that is uh, uh, kind, of a, kind of a throwback to Epcot. Uh, I watched it today online. I wasn't there to see it, unfortunately. I wish I could have been, but I watched it online, and there was there was knots to the universe of energy, food rocks, uh, Soren, imagination, things like that. They had Tapestry of Nations in there, and at the very end of it, they kind of threw in an, kind of an awkward, a whole new world, which was a little weird. Um, from what I understand, people are really liking this show. They really like the, the fireworks. There's a drone thing going on there with some like magical kites flying around the water, which is kind of cool. I'm hearing that the whole new world part is a little a little off, a little kind of strange, like, oh, where'd that come from? There there it is, which I think they did that because, you know, Epcot is opening up to a whole new world with all the new stuff coming and things, but overall, the, I think the show was good. If you want to, you can find it online, but you can also go to Disney on a Dollar on Facebook, and I've got it posted there as well. Magic Kingdom, early morning magic coming back, which means you can purchase a ticket and get into the Magic, magic Kingdom super-duper uber early. So starting on November 13th of this year, you can enjoy limited entry early access to favorite attractions through Fantasyland and Magic Kingdom and have a delicious breakfast. That is a perfect start to your morning. Uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Princess Fairytale Hall, where you can meet Cinderella, Rapunzel, Tiana, and Elena of Avalor. It's a Small World, Mad Tea Party, and Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid are all attractions that are open early, early, early. Basically, uh, 8 to 10. Uh, actually, you get in around 7.45 and you go till about 10 o'clock. Breakfast is served 8 to 10 and it will actually be at Cosmic Rays Starlight Cafe. Now, when I did this uh, about two years ago, we actually only had a couple of attractions open. We had um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, we had Small World, and Winnie the Pooh. Um, beyond that, you know, nothing else was open. Now they've actually said that, you know, Fairytale Hall, The Princess's Mad Tea Party, Journal of Little Mermaid, those are all open as well. This is actually a pretty good deal. It really is. You have your run of the park uh, for Fantasyland up until about 9 o'clock when everybody else gets in, and then you have a bracelet, so you can still go through the Fast Pass line over and over and over. It's $89 for adults, $79 for children. You probably want to book this early because this does sell out on occasion and because they only allow a certain number of people in at a time. And I gotta tell you, like I said, it's it's really nice. The, the after hours event is actually pretty cool, but for me, the after hours event was a little struggle because that first hour of your three hours, people are still leaving the park. So I still ran into several lines early on because people are still there. They're still in line for attractions, even though the park just closed. And so it takes a good you know, 30, 45 minutes for the park to clear out for you to really fully enjoy this this emptiness of the park. With early morning magic, you get in and you're the only ones there with that ticket. It's actually pretty cool. The Epcot Preview Center has opened as uh, construction is overwhelming the entrance to, to Epcot. Uh, Disney wants to transform the park into this vision that it has laid out uh, over in D23 in Anaheim. Well, they've now opened the Epcot Experience in the old Odyssey restaurant between Test Track and Mexico. If you walk from Test Track up to Future World, you'll see the Odyssey there on the left. You'll find a stylized Epcot model uh, that, that they featured in the D23 Expo booth along with a 12-minute 
360-degree film. Now, it's basically a screen that wraps around you all the way around. Uh, you'll get information about the Play Pavilion that's coming into the Wonders of Life, the Harmony Us show that will replace Epcot Forever, which debuts last night, or debuted last night, will go on for another year or so, and they will come out, and they will put in Harmony Us as the permanent show. You'll see a new vision of Spaceship Earth. Of course, you'll see new attractions of Ratatouille, Gardens of the Galaxy, Mary Poppins. This actually just opened up, so I'm really looking forward to seeing this. It's kind of a it's kind of a little vision into what it's going to look like. And I, and I really like these preview centers. Now, this one's kind of a mega preview center. The ones I've seen before are kind of smaller in scale. I know that before Toy Story Land even opened, if you walked into One Man's Dream in Hollywood Studios, you actually could walk towards the end of it there, and they would have these models set up of what Toy Story Land would look like, what Star Wars Land would look like then before it was named Galaxy's Edge. And it looked, just look, it looked really, really super cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing this as well and kind of seeing what everything is going to look like. Also opening up this past week, the Skyway system at Disney World uh, between the parks of Hollywood Studios at Epcot, uh, connecting the lands of the resorts of Pop Century, of Art of Animation, Caribbean Beach, and soon the Disney Riviera Resort. We've been talking about this what feels like a year or two now, maybe maybe more, but the gondolas are finally open, and they're finally open to the public, not just cast members, not just, not just uh, media, but to everybody. Lines have been long, but they move really super fast. The lines do. So you're able to get into the gondolas. It holds strollers. They do have separate ones for wheelchairs and things like that that will, you know, it you're getting on doesn't take much longer you kind of roll on there and the gondola gets into the line with the rest of them go online you can see some video all over the place uh, you know, go to youtube or any disney website official disney website's going to have it my website has it as well go there and see the see the gondolas they look cool and the questions everybody has asked is how do they feel when they stop how do they feel in the summertime is it like blazing hot what i've heard is that it's not not comfortable comfortable, but when it stops for a few minutes, it does get a little warm, but it's nothing terrible. Uh, and I think I mentioned this last week or the a week before about the gondolas. You're going to be fine. And I'm really looking forward to riding these because they just seem cool. They just seem cool overall. And that is going to do it for this week's news. Now let's dive into something kind of fun. Disneyland Paris, a little background before we dive into it, basically. It was kind of created, the, the vision of Disneyland Paris was was really for Michael Eisner back in the 80s. They wanted to do something. They had done Tokyo Land Disney, uh, Tokyo Disney in the in the mid-80s, early 80s, and it actually was a success. And so Michael Eisner had this vision of Paris. He had this vision of Disneyland in France and the romance of Paris and the beauty of Paris and just how it's going to be and how beautiful it's going to be. And they approached France with doing it. And overall, France was like, okay, this, this is pretty cool. But France for the most part, didn't care. They just didn't. Nearby Spain actually had made several offers, Barcelona and that area, and they wanted Disneyland to come to Spain because they knew the potential of how, how it was going to be. But Michael Eisner was stuck on France and stuck on Paris, and so they went forth with Euro Disney. They set to open it up in 1996. It actually opened up in 1992. You know, they got it open in 1992, and April 12th, I believe, was the opening date, and it was a disaster. They were actually expecting something like eighty or 90,000 people on the first day. They had maybe... Maybe 25,000 people. Uh, the resorts they built were half full. The parks were empty. It was way lower than expected, expected turnout. They lost a ton of money the first year. And this is all according to James Stewart's Disney War, which one of my favorite all-time books ever. It actually tracks the progression of Michael Eisner when he started with Paramount, got into Disney, saved the company. And that's, that is not hyperbole. He saved Disney, Walt Disney Company overall. Disneyland Paris, kind of the, the the fallacy with that, what happened with Disneyland Paris, how it got turned around, and then of course his is basically oustering. He was kicked out in the uh, in the early uh, early two thousands of Disney. He was pretty much stripped of his title. 
the book is fantastic. And the reason I buy into this book is Eisner has never come out and said that it's false. He's never disputed it. He's never come out and said, nope, that didn't happen. And the book is very critical of him. So I kind of buy into it. And for the most part, Michael Eisner could not understand what in the world was going on. And there is an, there's this story. There is this infamous story with Eisner and his his constituents, his peers, his, his board. And they're talking about Disneyland Paris. And he's yelling and he's screaming and he's cursing just at the top of his lungs. What is going on here? Why are we losing so much money? This is crazy. One person in the back of the room raised his hand. And because nobody would say anything, and one person finally was simply like, Mr. Eisner, uh, the reason we're having problems is because nobody is telling you the truth. Everybody's telling you what you want to hear. And that was the truth. Nobody would say anything to him because on its on the, on the surface, Disneyland Paris or Euro Disney at the time was a disaster. It was just awful. What they had apparently done, and this was one of the big fallacies of, of business, is they had gone in and they had done research on American touring habits for France. Instead of studying what France had done and for their touring habits, which might have changed a lot of things, they were looking, what do Americans do in France? And that really, really struggled. Uh, 1995 or so, they actually turned it around. They changed it from Euro Disney to Disneyland Paris. They opened up Space Mountain, uh, De La Terra a Luna, I believe is the name of the, the French title of the ride itself. 1995, July 25th, they finally reported a, their very first quarterly profit after three years of just hemorrhaging money. They finally returned a profit at the ending of the fiscal year of 1995. They actually had some money in the in the bank. From there on out, it was a success. And from everything you see now, it's a success. It's a beautiful park and everything I, from everything. Uh, you're going to hear all about it because I ask Sarah lots of questions. My good friend Sarah, I call her Hi-Ho Sarah. That's how she'll be known here on the podcast. Hi-Ho Sarah Bergman. And uh, we're going to turn this over to this interview. And where Sarah comes on, we talk all about Disneyland Paris. And hey, I'll come back after I get done talking to Sarah. And I am so excited to have on the line with me, uh, with me here one of my good friends. We met a couple of years ago at Disneyland and was part of an exclusive group called the Pixie Wolfpack. It's kind of <laughs> like, like the Goonies because once you're a Goonie, you're always a Goonie and we'll always be members of the Pixie Wolfpack. My good friend, Sarah. Sarah, how are you today? I am excellent. How are you? I am wonderful. So happy to have you here. This is great. And uh, we're going to talk about, well, first of all, with Sarah, uh, Sarah, you are in my mind, you're like the expert on two things. One, run Disney. You're like a run <laughs> Disney guru. And I see the video here. You've got like 30 medals behind you. And I mentioned it a minute ago and you're like, oh, that's just a few of them. I mean, how, how many medals do you have? Just estimation. You know what? I don't think I've ever counted, but let's just say maybe 50 or 60. That is insane. But now I'm going to have to count. You need to. You really need to. You need to have some sort of, and maybe pick like your 10 favorite medals and kind of put them yeah. up in like some display of, or maybe you, that's a, that's a good blog post. How I earned these five favorite medals. What they five made. favorite medals. Well, the ones that are behind me now that I know that you guys can't see because this is a podcast. Right. The ones behind me now are the ones that have a special place in my heart. That is true. Well, let's just talk about each one of those medals. Let's go through. <laughs> so, of course, Run Disney Guru and Disneyland Paris, which you just got yeah. back from. I am a new guru to Disneyland Paris. Which is that exciting. That was my goal for this year, and it was amazing. That is cool. Now, full disclosure, uh, Sarah does work for Park and Preston. You own Park and Preston I Travel. I own, yes, I do. Exactly. So agency. it's it's a, it's into the travel agency, not unlike on Star Travel, which we're all travel agents. And it's kind of one of those things people ask me. They're like, you have other agents on? I'm like, why not? We're all Disney hey, travel there agents. Is enough trust me, there's Disney enough for to go everybody. Around. Yeah, every time I think, are there too many of us? There's like somebody on Facebook going, I want to go to Harry Potter and MGM and over at Disney Magic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we all have it. We all have jobs. We'll have jobs for a long time. <laughs> that we do. So let's talk about Paris, Disneyland Paris. First of all, you went for a run Disney event. Is that correct? I did. I did. Um, there about four years ago, Disneyland Paris had its inaugural run Disney race weekend and I wanted to go. 
And then I wanted to go the next year and the next year. And finally this year was my 10th wedding anniversary. And it was right around the race. And my husband was like, happy anniversary. So we finally got to go out and do the races and see the parks. And it was incredible. That is amazing. So, okay. So we have a list here of just a couple of things I want to talk about. I told mm-hmm. you five things. You gave me five. We're going to talk about these five things at Disneyland Paris and kind of give an overview. First of all, the castle. The castle. Uh, of course, we're all, and, and this is, I'm, I'm a Walt Disney World uh, uh, guru, so I love Walt Disney World stuff. And of course, you got Cinderella's Castle. It's, uh, what, 180, 90 feet, whatever, uh, 150 feet, something like that. You've got the, the Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland, which is a little smaller, you know, not quite as big. Tiny castle. How, how does it compare? <laughs> what is the castle like there? What does it look like? Uh, give me some castle stuff. The castle there reminds me more of the castle at Magic Kingdom. It's very big, it's very grand, it kind of comes out of a mountain. Um, they've got these sparkles on it that they have, uh, when the lights are dimmer, it's, it is absolutely incredible. I did read that it has this pink hue to it to offset the, uh, kind of gray skies that could be common in Paris. And so a gray castle Mm -hmm. on gray skies wouldn't be that amazing. Right. So they painted it this really pretty shade of pink, but I think the coolest part about it is you can like explore this castle. You can go up and go in through like this, the, the, the center is this big, like place, all these places you can explore. And the coolest part is there is a dragon underneath. Like okay, a, what does that, dragon. what does that mean? A dragon? Like just an audio, there's a audio, dragon. Like, audio, audio, audio animatronic dragon, like a live it's, dragon from game of Thrones. It's like Maleficent's dr- Maleficent mm-hmm. dragon underneath the, the, the castle. So you kind of go around the side and you go under and it's straight up. There's a dragon under there. That is awesome. awesome. That is cool. Well, I know Disneyland, you can actually walk through the castle, kind of like a staircase. You walk through, you mm-hmm. see scenes from movies, you walk down Disney world, you walk straight through the tunnel. There's the boutique on one side. There's the Cinderella's Royal table on the other. That's it. Of course, the you've got the Cinderella's Royal suite, which I've never been a part of. I'm sure that you've been up okay. there many times, of course, <laughs> you know, you're, you're famous and all and everything, but um, so there's a dragon under the castle and like, Castle smaller, bigger, or you said around the same size as Disney World? It's probably around the same size as, as Magic Kingdom's. Okay, does it have a princess theme? Is it, is it Belle's Castle? Technically Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, okay. Yeah. You'd think it would be Belle's Castle. You know, you being, think, I know. I guess this needs a context when they come to this stuff. All right, so the castle. Okay, so now we get to the attractions. And this is kind of a wide scope of a question because there's a lot of attractions there. There um, are so many. Like a couple of them, top of your head, like – the ones that we have here versus like what attractions are the same there as here? Like I know, or do they have a big thunder? They have a, they have a phantom, phantom manor. They've got a big thunder. They've got a pirate. They've got a small world. They've got fan, uh, phantom manor, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Like it is, it's phantom manor is their haunted mansion and it is creepy and different. And so much so that we were walking through the park. I was there with my husband and some friends. We like Googled the backstory to find out more about, you know, what the differences are. And it's got this incredible backstory that you definitely need to read before you go ride it. We also thought that the rides that are the same, quote unquote, the same between right. the parks. Same, same themes. things like Exactly. That. They were just better executed in Paris. And I don't know if that's because it's a younger park and they had better technology when they were building the rides, but they're just cool. And it also could be because they're different. You know, I've ridden Pirates and Magic Kingdom a thousand times since I was five years old. And this one was just a little different. And the same with Small World, but it's just, it's incredible. They're amazing. Well, I saw your post where you were talking about some of the attractions were better and over there. Is there anything maybe at Disney World, Disneyland, you're like, yeah, I kind of like ours a little bit better than that one. 
or is it kind of Paris kind of takes equals or takes the cake on all of them? Paris kind of takes the cake. Oh, on all well, that's, of them. that's awesome. I'll tell it. It's just, I don't know. It, it could just because it could be the shiny and new thing. Right. Like this was all new. Right. And so it's just so great. That could have a lot to do with it. But it was just every time we got off a ride, we were like, that was incredible. Like there's space mountain. Oh my goodness. It goes upside down. That's awesome. <laughs> Your space mountain goes upside down. That is it's, hilarious. It's awesome. <laughs> So now uh, with the uh, with the rides and everything, I know Remy is over there. The Remy's uh, attraction Remy is over that's there. coming to Epcot. We know that, so I'm I'm assuming you wrote it. Yes, thoughts on that? You excited? <laughs> it's very very cool. It's cute. The queue is awesome. Um, the theming is incredible. They have a restaurant, the Chateau, the, you know Remy's restaurant mm-hmm. right there, um, which I do not. We're not getting that at Epcot, which I think is kind of a bummer because that was the coolest. That was really cool having that all tied in together in this little area. Uh, but Remy's get so excited for that. It's the ride is amazing. It's it adorable. looks like it's going to be cool. I'm pretty excited about it. I really, really am. So I think it's gonna be great. So. I'm also really excited because my little girls love rides, but they hate hills. And so anything <laughs> that has any type of dip or anything, they are not into it. And they're going to love Remy's. That would that would that would make it hard to go to Universal, I think. Because... Yeah, so I'm not even trying <laughs> to take. Like, there's a lot of rides there that I don't know that they would like to ride too much. Even ET has hills. Yeah, so... ET would be too much for them. ET is too much for me. He creeps me out. Now, okay, so are what are what are a few attractions over there that we don't have here that maybe you've never experienced before that uh, that are, you know that aren't coming here like Remy is. Uh, Crushes Coaster. Oh, that's I've heard of that. That sounds so cool. Oh my goodness, it is phenomenal and i'm totally bummed out that we don't have any plans to get anything like it mm-hmm. in disneyland or disney world it's in, it's amazing you sit in like a turtle shell and you've got two facing one way and two facing the other way and it kind of spins and rotates while you're on the roller coaster so it sounds it like a version of primeval world except much cooler not quite as sickening Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was really worried because my husband gets motion sickness mm-hmm. and he likes rides. It's just sometimes it'll ruin his entire day. Right. And so when we were in Paris, he's like, I want to ride it at least once because I want to experience it, but that might be it for me. And so we got on it. He loved it so much. He was like, we have to go back on it again. That's and awesome. we had a chance to ride it where we started facing forward and we had a chance to ride it where we started facing backwards. And each time was a different experience. So is it intensity level like Mine Train, uh, Big Thunder, Rock and Roller Coaster? More intense than Mine Train and Big Thunder, not as intense as Rock and Roller Coaster. Okay, that's that's pretty that's a pretty good medium. It's almost yeah. like a like Space Mountain except comfortable. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's very yeah. Space Mountain. Space, space mountain, mountain except it doesn't Florida, rip your joints not apart. Space Mountain in Paris. Space Mountain in Paris is intense. Yeah, Space Mountain in Florida <laughs> not so good. It's it's I get off that ride and I'm like, how old am I? Ow, everything hurts. <laughs> <It> sucks. <laughs> so, so these attractions. Let's talk a little bit about dining. What uh, and, and this is a wide open question because I have no idea what to even ask about dining. Dining uh, is a very. I could talk. We could probably have a whole podcast on Disneyland Paris dining. Um, what cracked me up is when I talked to people who had been to Paris and said, yeah, we're going to Disneyland Paris. They would tell me you're going to love it. The food sucks. Like that's like the first right. thing everybody would warn me about is the food isn't good. They cater to, you know, a certain type of traveler and they don't pay much attention to food and everything is bland. So keep your expectations low. So we did, we were like, all right, well, it is what it is. We're just not going to have fantastic meals. It's fine. Right. And I think because we had that expectation, we were very pleasantly surprised everywhere we went. 
Like we didn't do, have a bad meal. Do they have dining plans? Did, they, did you they use do. the dining plan? Okay. They do. We did not use the dining plan because as I said, we heard the food wasn't great and we're like, well, if we're going to, you know, not enjoy it, we don't want to right, spend the money on it. Exactly. So we did not get the dining plan. I've heard it can be kind of difficult. I actually had somebody on Instagram message me saying that when they went, they had it and it was tricky and the snack is only available at a certain time and it's only certain things. So if you are interested in the dining plan, definitely do your research. Um, they have a half board dining plan, which is breakfast and then one more meal. You get a breakfast voucher for your hotel mm -hmm. and then another meal or a full board, which is breakfast, a quick service and a meal. And so the full board I think is most similar to what we know as a Disney dining plan in gotcha. Florida. Sounds like the half board is more of a quick service, except it does mm -hmm. include your breakfast. Whereas the quick service at Disney World, you just choose whatever two meals you want. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. They yeah. both have like a physical breakfast voucher. So that gotcha. is definitely part of it. And that's another thing. We are not big breakfast eaters. We were like, so, uh. Somebody goes to Disneyland Paris and they're, like, they're thinking, where do I need to eat? What's one place I've got to hit? What, what do you tell them? Well, the one place that I had to eat at was Remy's. Of course. And we were able to find a reservation. They do have, it's kind of true. I'm actually going to have a blog post up about this pretty soon. Their reservation system is a little different. It can be made in advance, but you have to do it over the phone. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times that, you know, causes problems because of time difference. And, you know, it's just not as easy as logging on to like my Disney experience and click, 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 you're done. Which my Disney um, experience isn't always easy either. So and that's, we get that's that. also true. We get that. <laughs> but I did find a workaround to get reservations booked online. Um, it's kind of a tricky system, but I found a way to do it because that's how I prefer. I want a paper trail. Right. And so once I get that up, maybe I'll get that posted later today. We can put a link in here for any of your people yeah, that are, are we'll planning that. to visit. Um, there is a way to do it online. And so when I figured that out, it was maybe two weeks before we left. And so there wasn't a ton of availability, mm -hmm. but I was able to get, you know, a couple of good reservations and make some changes. We ate at, uh, chef Remy's. And we ate at Captain Jack's and Captain Jack's is a pirate themed restaurant that's located inside the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. So okay. those are the two big ones that we went to. They have a restaurant called Waltz, which is on main street, which is supposed to be phenomenal, uh, which was under refurbishment when we of were course. there. So we didn't get a chance you to just have to go back. I know darn, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they do. And they have a lot of, character dining, dinner shows. There's a ton of different options. We didn't get a chance to experience as many of those as we wanted, mm -hmm. but there's, there's so many different things. Okay. Very cool. All right. So accommodations, where did you guys stay? Were you on property? Are there hotels around property? Yes. What does that look like? We were on property. We stayed at uh, the Sequoia Lodge and it's kind of the, kind of the same, the, the biggest, fanciest Grand Floridian-esque hotel you can say at is the Disneyland hotel. And that is literally on top of the turnstiles to walk in to Disneyland. That is awesome. So you walk down from your, and I believe I had some friends say there, you get into security and you're in. And so like, you don't even have to go through security when you want to go to the park, right? You go from your room and go right in. And it's, That's awesome. it's very cool. Um, and then you've got three other hotels that are around the Disney village area with this big pond. There's Newport Bay. Um, Hotel New York, which is closed right now because that's going to be the new Marvel Hotel. Mm -hmm. um, and then Sequoia Lodge where we were. And those three are more, uh, a little further away, a five, 10 minute walk. And then a little further out from there, you've got Hotel Cheyenne and 
one more that I can't remember off the top of my Those all sound like names of cottages and villages in Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> yeah. Newport Bay and Sequoia and the Cheyenne. Yes. That's exa- or they yes. sound like horses in the, uh, or in the Preakness, you know. Yes, some, I got 20, really, I got 20 really, on Cheyennes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They do a really good job of lots of different options at lots of different price points. Okay. Um, they do have an area of off-property hotels that I am much less familiar with. Uh, we chose to stay on property because I like walking everywhere. Right. And then we were also concerned about getting to and from the race expo and the races. And it's much easier to do that when you're right there. Okay. Uh, was language a problem? Was it a barrier? Nope. Okay. Because I, I speak terrible. no French whatsoever. I don't speak French. I speak freedom. And so like, <laughs> I, I, I would not know anything. I would, you know, I know the, the typical bonjour and the, exactly. the, the these words and the oui, oui and the like the basic stuff I learned in eighth grade yeah. French that I don't remember anything about other, otherwise. So how is language? Was that a problem at all? It was not a problem at all. And I was honestly really worried about it. I had like three different translator apps on my phone just in case one didn't work. Like right. I was terrified that I would get somewhere and not know what to do everybody at Disneyland Paris speaks English. Now I was in the bubble. I didn't Mm -hmm. go out to actual Paris and I know that it's a little bit different when you're out there, but everybody spoke English. Everybody was kind. Almost every single sign that was up was in English and in French. The rides were in English and in French. Like we were on Phantom Manor and they were singing Grim Green and Ghosts. Right. Straight up in English. Um, But then like the Remy ride, it'd be like one minute someone would be speaking French, the next someone would be speaking English. We did Magic, and it was mm-hmm. the same thing. It was kind of half French, half English. That's like they awesome. do a good job of being really inclusive. Right, right. Well, it's probably good you didn't go to Paris. I've seen Taken with Liam Neeson. I know bad <laughs> things happen when you go to Paris as a, as a pretty young woman like yourself. So just don't do that. That's probably bad. You know? <laughs> I'll just stay safe. I'll stay yeah, in just my stay, stay in the bubble. Stay in the bubble. Now let's talk price. Of course, everybody knows about Disney World, Disneyland prices, and yes. you know how they've gone up and over the years or whatever. So com- a comparable, more expensive, cheaper, and obviously not counting the fact you have to get there, which might cost you a lot of money for a plane ticket. But when you get there, price-wise, what are we looking at? It is so affordable. It really is. And I do have a blog post up comparing. It's, it's more of a Run Disney-focused blog okay. post. But I compared a our, our weekend, long weekend, couple nights, in Disneyland Paris to an average race weekend at Walt Disney World for Wine and Dine, which is happening in a couple of weeks. And even taking our flights into account, it was a almost a thousand dollars less expensive to that go. That's crazy. That is. is so crazy. And I looked at, right before we started talking, I just hopped online really fast and looked at just park tickets. Like mm-hmm. if we were gonna go to a Disney park this weekend, if we went to Disneyland and did the Max Pass Park Hopper, 215 bucks. If we went to Saturday to Walt Disney World, just grab a last minute park hopper ticket, 210 bucks. Disneyland park hopper ticket, 130 in Paris. That is crazy. And so it's just a lot more affordable. It's, right. it's insane. And I know getting there is a beast. Right. It's, it is. Travel is right. it's painful, but it, it, it's not out of reach. But if you can get there, if you can find a good plane ticket, if you can find a good price, use points or whatever it is, and, yeah. you know, hey, just take the weekend, take a couple of days or whatever. So how long, you know, from this side, you're in the eastern, you're in the eastern side of the United States as well, in Florida. So how long would you, would you tell a family to spend in Disneyland Paris? They want to go. They don't know when they're going to go again. It might be forever before they get back to Paris. So, and they yeah. want to go just to Disneyland Paris in that area. How long would you recommend them going? We were there for four nights. Okay. I wish we were there for five. Um, the, the jet lag affected me a little bit more than I thought that it would. 
and we did have an afternoon of rain, which is normal. And so if you're there for five nights, you can see almost everything at a very comfortable pace. Okay. So basically that would be like arrival day. You'd have what, three full days in the middle and then a departure day. So three full yeah. days, one day to kind of get you over jet lag, whatever, two full days to really fully enjoy it. Cause you can, I'm assuming you can cover the parks in you know, two days. Easy. Yeah. It's, easy. it's a lot more like Disneyland. There's two parks um, and you can see and do most of it in that amount of time. Okay. Anything else about Disneyland Paris we need to know? And this is all, this is, this has all been wonderful for me because I didn't know hardly any of this, only what I've seen on, on YouTube and whatever. So this has been fantastic. So what else do we need to know? What else would you, you know, tips and things like that for Disneyland Paris? Um, they, a lot of the stuff I learned at the last minute, because as a a common thread within the travel agent community is I'm my own worst travel agent. Yes. Yes. And so my trip was on the very bottom of my priority (laughs) list. (laughs) Um, but they do, like I said, like with dining, I've got a way that you can get your dining done in advance. Right. Um, it's a little bit easier and they have an app and you know, you can pay attention to the shows. Like we didn't see as many shows or parades as we wanted to. Like I needed to plan it out a little better to make sure that I hit some of the cool stuff that I missed. Right. Very cool. Very cool. So where would people contact you? Sarah at Park and Press and Park and Press is the agency. Yeah. Oh, first of all, you said mention your blog a couple of times. What's your website, your blog site? It what? is my blog is hihosarah.com. It's H E I G H Ho right. and then Sarah with an H. And that's my Instagram handle too. I pretty yes, much live on Instagram. That's hi ho um, as in Snow White, not hi ho as in you're welcoming a woman of the night. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> Hi ho, hi ho, Sarah. Yeah, hi ho, hi ho. It's off to work. We go. Just, yeah, it's hi ho, hi ho. Off to Disney we go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and then if they wanted to contact you for Disneyland Paris or Run Disney, which yeah. people could do, and again, we'll talk about Run Disney in another episode, probably. Oh, for sure, for sure. We'll get you on. Um, you know, so where do they where do they find you? Yeah, you can email me Sarah at parkinpreston.com. Um, it's Sarah with an H, mm-hmm. and then you know Instagram. I'm on Facebook parkandpreston.com like it's i've got a thousand different ways to get in touch right and she is and i will tell the audience she is all over the internet i her instagram stories it's you know when you when you go to the instagram story and you have those tiny little dots signifying this like 47 little story that's her like that's that's <laughs> completely sun up to sundown and i enjoy the i enjoy the instagram stories i i you're one of the people I do that have I, fun with it. I just I leave them on i just watch it the whole time and i'll skip through you know the some of the some of the memes and stuff like that but like then sarah starts talking and i just tune in and listen so it's <laughs> well we're going this weekend we're going out to uh disney world this weekend well so you're a couple hours away see, and i told you that before i'm this is why god does not have me to live a couple hours away because i would be there all the flipping time and i would be like well it's a few hours away so we might as well just spend the night and so might as well stay. I'll tell you, I was this. I was so close to getting in my car yesterday and just going Magic Kingdom. I had a friend there, and I was like, you know, I could be there in two hours. Right? Oh, we do that. I'm nine hours away, and we do that at home. I'm like, let's. We go out to eat, and we're driving. It's five thirty in the evening, and we're driving down the highway to go to Taco Mama or go to Panera or whatever. And I'm like. You know, if we just kept going, we'd be there. I'd do the math, and we'd be there at four. I'm sure we'd get us a room by five a.m. They'd probably have a room open at this time. Get oh, in the room sure. by six, sleep till eleven, get out. We're in the park by one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, that's not gonna work. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Pack a bag real quick. Let's just go. I've had that thought many, many times. So yeah. Oh yeah. No, we have a Tupperware container that we keep 
packed and ready to go. Yeah, um, two hours away would not be terrible. Park stuff, and we just go. Yeah, they'd be awful for me and for my budget. It's awful as it is. It's just it's <laughs> it's so terrible. So, Sarah, this has been wonderful. I have loved talking to you here. And so, uh, ditto. We need know, to do this again. We will do like this again. And I have I have a few people that come on the podcast on a regular basis. I can just work you into the rotation and do it. You know, uh, hi, hi, Sarah. Let's bring you in. And and of course, you know, like I said, we're members of the Pixie Wolfpack for life, which is awesome. For life. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. This is great. Thank you. Thank you. How much fun was that? I do adore Sarah. I think she's wonderful. I got to meet up with her and her husband and her two little princesses uh, in Epcot and Magic Kingdom a couple of weeks ago when I went down there for the weekend. And we rode a couple of rides together, got to walk around food and wine together and just kind of hang and chill, take some pictures and have fun. And it was really, really awesome. She is wonderful, wonderful people. And like I said, I am happy happy to help you with Disneyland Paris, happy to help you with Run Disney, but you know what? If you call her, you're not going to offend me whatsoever because she is a Run Disney guru, and we will have her back on for some Run Disney stuff because I have lots of questions about Run Disney as well. And that is our show. Uh, Again, my name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Stitcher, and of course, you can find us on magiconadollar.com. Click on the podcast tab and you will see all the show notes to all the 74 other shows we have done, all the other episodes. I do have two other podcasts, by the way. Uh, one is called My Kids Got the Autism. I am an autism dad who has no idea what he's doing. So that comes out every Monday or Tuesday-ish. We had a short show this past week. I just told a quick story about a little embarrassing incident at a restaurant. But most of the time, it's about 20 or 30 minutes just talking about life as a dad with a kid with autism and kind of the family and the struggles and the highs and the lows and things like that. I have another podcast called The Deuce Cast Movie Show. We are approaching episode number 400. And yes, that's exactly what it sounds like. We have done almost 400 of these things, which is crazy. And that's coming up really soon. It drops on Wednesday. It's a family show or a show that families can listen to. It's all about movies, the movies we've seen, the movies we like, the movies we don't like. And we just, we have a good time. Me and a couple of buddies get together and just talk about movies. We've had some great special guests on that show as well. So those are all my podcasts. That's all my stuff. Find me at magiconadollar at gmail.com. Or of course, you can find me on the webpage, uh, magiconadollar.com. You can find me on Facebook at Disney on a Dollar. And of course, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as the beautiful Katrina Stone. We'll tell you in just a moment of where all we are. So there you go. That's our show. You guys have a great week and don't forget hey thank a phoenician thanks for listening continue the conversation by following us on twitter and instagram at magic on a dollar facebook at disney on a dollar and of course magic on a dollar.com see you real soon